Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of another film podcast. My name is Colin. Hi, Colin. Mm. My name is Tierney. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My name is Matt. Oh, we don't know how to do this still. This is why we don't fuck with the, the system, Tierney. <laughs> I just, I got tired of hearing my own voice right out the gate. Well, yeah, but this one we can hear no voice. I was gonna say, I think if the alternative is dead silence right off the gate, I think. But whose fault is that? Okay, fine. Kala knew it was his turn. I didn't know it was my turn. We didn't you talk sure about that. You sure you knew you. I did it last week. It couldn't be tyranny because the whole point was rotating. So you well, should have picked up the torch. we were like rotating every torch. week? I thought you were like, tyranny did like 50 episodes. I thought you were going to take a chunk. <laughs> You know, that's a fair valid point. But also, we can rotate. Well, okay. I know that now for future reference. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, we're here to talk about the next movie in the Film Fest, which was my sure. selection. Um, so we can go ahead and just jump on into it. I picked the movie Brigsby Bear, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, I I don't know. I think there's maybe like 10 people in the world who have heard of this movie. <laughs> so, uh, again, as a reminder, my criteria for what I was selecting, uh, there are movies that I've only seen once that I saw in theaters and liked for whatever reason, um, but they were not nominated for any Academy Awards and they made less than $5 million domestic. Um, so Just I'm like... Tr- so specific. Mm-hmm. Look... You know, you need to have parameters, and uh, and those are my parameters. So, But again, like my whole point of all of the ones I'm choosing this time is I want people to see these movies that are underseen, and my goodness, is this movie underseen. <laughs> Any guesses on the domestic box office for Brigsby Bear? Two mil? Half. That's, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, literally like $532,000. Wow. <laughs> It's like maybe one of the only people to see this movie at a theater. <laughs> wow. One of ten. Yeah. Well, and I went to, I saw this at the Arclight. So, like, most of that was mine because the Arclight tickets are so fucking expensive. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Preach. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I saw this movie. This was honestly the only, my only option for 2017. I saw this movie uh, basically on a whim. I knew nothing about it. Uh, this was when we were all living together. And there was an arc light that was, like, relatively close to our office. And you guys both had something going on that night, and I just wanted to go see a movie. So I just, like, looked at Showtimes and saw that this was playing. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'll check it out. It premiered at Sundance. I had heard moderately good things. And I was like, okay, let's just do this, whatever. And I just, it completely bowled me over. I loved it so much, like, from jump. Um, And... I had not seen it since I watched it in theaters. I was very excited to watch it again. And last night I was sitting on my couch laughing and crying. And this movie still fucked me up in the best possible way. (laughs) And I'm just so, so happy that now, I mean, Matt had already seen it. I couldn't remember if you had or not. Tierney, now you've seen it. But um, hopefully listener will go check it out if they have not already seen it. Because this movie is easy rental. It's a very easy rental. If you happen to have stars, I believe it's streaming on stars. So, you know, good luck to to those of you. But, uh, yeah, I just, I love this movie. It's so cute and sweet and delightful. Um, But anyway, so that's my relationship to Briggs Bear. Matt, 
You want to go next since you're, you're yeah. the one who has seen it? Yeah, bitch. I watched <laughs> Briggs Bear when I lived in Portland. I rented it from a uh, <laughs> renowned movie rental house, Movie Madness. Um, and um, I had been constantly badgered by one of my friends uh, who was one of the few people to see this movie in theaters. Um, but I won't name him. Um, but his name is uh, Seafields. No, that's too obvious. It's, uh, it rhymes with Schmollen. It's Colin F. Yeah. That's a Simpsons joke. Uh, but uh, I watched it while I was uh, living there uh, and really enjoyed it. Was excited to see it again uh, because I did enjoy it the first time. And yeah, it still held a lot of its charm and uh, felt like a perfect film festival movie for a lot of different reasons, uh, but really did have that kind of like indie budget, uh, low budget kind of feel. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I'm excited to talk about it. Tierney... Tierney's, Tierney's been holding on to these takes for a week. So I'm yeah, yeah, she had so watched it when we were supposed to, and then we made her delay to watch Dune. Yeah, so part of uh, you guys talking about this is also, like, reminding me what I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to, like, pull up my, my notes. Um, I do, so it does have, like, a, fair, a fairly nice, like, heartwarming sentiment. Um... I don't think I got the plot very well, but other than that, I was like, I, I like the, the, the messages going on, um, which is like a fine enough thing to have. Like it's, it's an emotionally nice movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, like I, I, I didn't, <laughs> sorry, my... My dog just headbutted himself on the table leg. Um, yeah, no, like I didn't, I didn't <clears throat> dislike it. Um, it. I didn't realize Colin loved it so much. I definitely didn't like it that much. Um, <laughs> Colin gave it five stars on Letterboxd. I to the be maximum fair, amount of stars. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have. That's fine. Matt gave it four and a half, so, you know, we're really splitting hairs between four and a half and five. (laughs) Yeah. And then Tyranny's two. (laughs) Tyranny's just, like, really bringing our average down. (laughs) I think also it should should also be said with a disclaimer to our listener that I... (laughs) I watched this the same weekend I watched Dune, which was now three episodes ago, and... I was a bit grumpy that weekend, I think, <laughs> to where I was, like, generally unimpressed. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, this would have great then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so everything no. should be taken with a grain of salt. <laughs> but I think, I, I, I think one of the things Matt said is really key here. That, like, this just totally feels like an independent, mm-hmm. like, film festival movie. Um, and, so, and, like, all of those movies are, like, very... I mean, like, movies are always subjective, but I feel like, though, like, super low-budget, weird, 
like festival movies are always really hit or miss and like always really yeah. subjective. And so like something that works for one person definitely wouldn't work for everybody. And so like I get that like not many people would rate this five stars on Letterboxd and that's fine. But for me, like this movie, like the two times that I've watched it has just put a giant smile on my face. It's made me laugh. It's made me cry. And like, there's not much more I can ask for in a movie. And also when I was poking around on Letterboxd last night, uh, Demi Adejuwebe has watched this movie three times and he rated it five stars the first time he saw it and is four and a half currently. So, wow. so back up off my shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, I as would far say... as like indie movies go it, it is pretty good um like the bar that we always refer to in terms of bottle rocket is this is way better than bottle rocket <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of like quality it is way better quality as well mm-hmm. yeah. i would say if you had to compare it to another movie i would say it's like elements of uh me earl and dying girl mm-hmm. another uh, movie that i love uh-huh <laughs> um what was the other one that i was thinking of oh god oh um no fuck okay the the one that is like the oh no. Well, the one that I was going to say it's most like, but it's also most unlike, is Room, the star- the movie starring was... Brie Larson. <laughs> it's like a comedy room. version of Room. But, oh, the other one that I was thinking of was Lars and the Real Girl, which yeah. is a comedy, but also very heartfelt. But it's like a little bit of Lars and the Real Girl, a little bit of Room, and a little bit of... Uh, 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 fuck it. I keep trying to say perks of being a wallflower. <laughs> it's not that one. Yeah, Mirror on the Dying Girl. I'm just like making movies, growing up, and also being locked inside of a compound for most of your life. It's got all of those. It's things. got it's got everything you could ask for in a movie. It's got everything. <laughs> so that's where I think like most of my confusion. I was like, why bother with the compound? Well, I think it's so, to, like, truly remove him from reality. Well, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, like, re- like truly, that is one of the things that is, like, not fleshed out enough. But is that just so that Kyle Mooney can be the protagonist? Because you could easily have this with a high schooler. And what? I- <laughs> but part of it is that he's so removed from what other people know about that like that's why this particular thing but yet he knows how to google things well i mean but not well he like just types in a question that's one of the funniest running bits (laughs) in my opinion is when he's googling things and like each time you see him google something it just gets like weirder and weirder like one time the first time he does it right well, he, like, just types in a question, which, like, is not necessarily wrong, but, like, Google isn't Ask Jeeves. But, like, I mean, so, like, in the bunker, he had access to, like, a computer and, like, the internet, what he thought was, like, the internet. Like, he was posting on those, yeah. like, message boards. So it's not like he's completely, like, computer or technology illiterate. It's just, like, his fake parents, his old <laughs> His old mom and dad. 
<laughs> just had it on a closed loop. So he didn't, he wasn't like actually getting all of this information out into the world, but he like, he at least was aware of how some of these things work. Yeah. And I, they were scientists. So, yeah, I do agree. Like just generally speaking, like their care, like the parent, his old parents, like the Mark Hamill character and the actress who looks really familiar, but I can't, I'm never going to remember her name. Um, Jane Adams, uh, like their, their story slash motivation is like not fleshed out at all. Yeah. Um, which like, I, like, I think is a very valid criticism. Like it doesn't bother me, but like, if you start to poke at that particular thing, you're like, wait, what? Like, why did they kidnap him? Like, why did they keep him? You know, like, why were they doing any of this stuff? I think there's also enough, like, random words of when they're like, have you solved the whatever paradox or whatever? Where you're like, the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Like, where their motivations, even if explained, were probably not mentally something we can understand. But it seems related to math and science Mm -hmm. of, like, they were trying to do something scientific or mathematical, but, like, had lost their minds while pursuing these things. So, I, yeah, I, I think the motivations are unclear, but they're also hinted at just being kind of nonsense. Yeah. Like, not based on any sort of reality. And they just, like, kidnapped him as a baby. Yeah. Which is also, like, yikes. Like, what, <laughs> what, 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 why did you need to do this? I think yeah. that's probably where, like, I was kind of... Because I don't think that the rules fit. And so, like, if he, if he wasn't, what's the movie of Brendan Fraser where he grows up in a bunker? Blast from the Past, which is yeah. an excellent movie. Who's yeah, the Who's you, the female lead in that movie? Sissy, oh, Alicia Silverstone is that's his right, love that's interest, right. and Sissy Spacek is his mom. That's right. But if you take like the way he comes up, I mean, granted, he's like forty, but it's, it's like, nothing. Like, he doesn't understand anything. And that's where I was like, I feel like he has too mu- he has too much agency in the real world to where it like took me out of it. And then and then even just like it, in what you guys were describing, it's like it makes the heart of the story unnecessarily complicated to be like, why would you even bring in the fact that he was kidnapped? Because then you have like all of this backstory and trauma that like. I feel like should be discussed and isn't. I feel like, okay, yeah. I mean, I think part of it is that he's not traumatized by it. Like, well, and I think that's the thing. Like, to your room, like, Mm -hmm. uh, comp, like, yes, they stole him as a baby. Like, they stole him from the hospital as a baby and, like, more or less kept him away from the world. But, like, they were good parents like quote unquote good parents right like they like he was able to leave like there's the scene where he puts on the gas mask and he like goes and just like sits like he they were just telling him like it's poisonous you can't spend time out there but it's like he had agency like he was able to do things and they were like trying to like every time you see like a snippet of like a Brigsby episode there's like it, there's like the silliness of all like kids TV, and there's this like mm-hmm. the added layer of silliness of just like 
this is a bear who can travel interdimensionally and has like weird like beams that can shoot out of his shirt. Like you've got all of those components, but then there's also like, he's talking about like how to be a good person. And like, they also like wrap in, um, like they're like, that's how they teach him math. Like that's how they teach him all these things, you know? So like, I, I don't like, and I think part of the issue is like his parents and care, uh, I almost called her Carrie Matheson, Claire Danes. Her uh, character from Homeland is Carrie Matheson. But uh, Claire Danes' character, like, they think that he should be more traumatized than he is. Right. But, like, that's all he ever knew. And it was a, I mean, it was a good life in as much as that could have been a good life. So it's like, it wasn't like he needs to process all of this trauma. Unlike. So then in turn, we don't need to process right i mean that's how i've interpreted it i get and i get that i just i'm like there's so many things he wouldn't know how to do that he seems to be able what does he do do that he knows how to do because i think he's pretty maladjusted throughout the movie right but that's still like but i don't even think the internet i was gonna say like he again he thought that he was accessing the internet like, he wasn't, but he thought that he was. So, like, if you give him the real internet, I don't think it would be that hard for him to figure that out. Especially like, he if was his posting on were, forums Yeah, stuff. like, if his new parents were like, here's a computer, here's Google. Like, if they give him, like, a one-word intro to how that works, which I'm sure they did. It wasn't on screen, but I'm sure they did. Like, he would be able to figure it out. He's not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he doesn't know how to socialize at parties. He doesn't know what school is. He doesn't understand anything outside the reality of Brigsby Bear. He doesn't know how to cook for himself or drive a car or have a job or play basketball or talk to his parents. Like, he doesn't know how to do any of these things and also doesn't understand reality. Like, he doesn't understand what a movie is because he only understands Brigsby Bear being the only form of entertainment he's ever had access to. And so, like, that's an, a moment where he's like, wait, other people make movies? It's not just my parents? Because that's all he's grown up with. So, like, those moments, I think, are him adjusting to, like, how, wait, what have I missed? What? How does this work? Even kissing. He doesn't know how to kiss or have any sort of sex whatsoever. <laughs> but he knows what he knows what it is, and he's more in tune to the subtleties of that than most teenagers would be. And that's where it's playing, like, I feel like that whole scene is, like, if, even if he had gotten, like, the birds and the bees talk, unless he, like... Which, you have to assume that there was an episode of of Brigsby that had that. (laughs) Like, you have to assume that. Which I think we, we do, but it's just, he seems, like, more, he seems to be able to pick up on the subtleties of thing, of, like, social cues that... I don't know. I just like I feel like he's I feel like he's playing someone who doesn't know but actually knows. What do you mean? <laughs> anyway, that's all. We don't have to talk about this the whole time. <laughs> no, it's fine. I think I do think but I think like part of the main like brunt of the story is how badly adjusted he is and how like Brigsby Bear is this thing that he does have a good connection to and does know how to navigate. And that's why it's like a therapeutic tool to like ease him into doing other stuff with people 
and learning other things and having other interests. But, like, until he can get there, that's, like, his only thing that he cares about or knows how to do or is aware of the rules. And everything else is the kind of, like, not of interest to him because it's all that he's had for 25 years. I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, uh, we can agree to disagree. No, that's fine. How dare you, though? <laughs> uh, one of the things that I just loved the first time I saw it and this time as well was just like you could like so the party sequence where he goes to the party you could see that sequence going horribly in so many different ways and like we have seen stuff like that in myriad teen movies over the years but like one of the things that I love about this movie is that like they were all just really nice to him and like like Spence was just like oh I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about with Brings Me Bear, but, like, you're so excited that I'm going to, like, be a nice person and just feign interest until I get to the point where I actually am interested. And, mm-hmm. like, I just, I thought that that whole sequence was so well done and very charming. And, like, the, I can't remember exactly what the setup is, but, like, when they decide to make the movie... And Spence is like, oh, yeah, we can definitely do this or whatever, whatever. And then uh, Kyle Mooney is just like, oh, you're my friend. Yeah. Is like, I just started weeping. Like, it's just so sweet and so beautiful. And you could tell that, like, Spence is genuinely excited. He's not just, like, doing it because. Like, he's like, no, this will be fun and I want to do this. And I was like, that's so heartwarming. Um, I also, this movie came out in 2017. The world was a shit show. Not, not that it's gotten any better, but, like, yeah. anytime that there's something that just makes me be like, oh, it's not all a, you know, <laughs> massive nightmare hellscape, like, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I think the friendship aspect is, like, very unique in how they handle this. I think especially because it's not his fault that he's this socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, the circumstances, I think, to the credit of, like, being... It's like Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt mm-hmm. is in a cult, and she's like, naive and maladjusted, and, like, the idea just, like, like getting back into a normal world is tough, and instead of having all the characters like those, like, three frat bros that he's like, I like your clothes, and they're like, what the fuck? Like, that, instead of that being the whole movie of everyone being like, what's your problem? Why are you so bad at things? It's just, like, everyone's pretty nice to him and wants what's best, but he is in his own world and it's hard to communicate that like that's not the best for you like there's probably other stuff you could be doing instead but like even his sister ends up coming around and is like gentle and nice and encouraging and like the girl that kisses him also like even though she's not interested in pursuing anything more ever again (laughs) is also still like nice and sweet and like it like uh, attentive to him and even his parents who kidnapped him are nice. Like, Claire Danes is the meanest one, and she's also just, like, the one that has his psychological interest in mind. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that is a positive of this movie, is that, like, nobody's inherently mean or out to get him. It's just, like, the circumstances are difficult, and what is best to help him recover from this life that he's had to lead. Um, but, yeah, the friendship aspect is very charming and beautiful and that line of you're my friend is so good 
uh, yeah. Kyle Mooney is playing the character that he plays in everything, which is why, like, this is the feature-length Kyle Mooney movie. It's, like, all of the aspects of all the sketches and characters that he does, but, like, as a full-length movie, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and is I he don't... still on SNL? I think so. Yeah. I don't really watch SNL, and so, like, I'd seen him in stuff, you know, like, the clips that go viral, and, like, you know, I'll watch, like, maybe... 10 sketches over the course of an entire season of SNL. So, like, I was moderately familiar with who he was, but, like, I didn't have, like, a strong relationship to him, like, as an actor. Um, but I thought he was really good in this movie. Um, yeah. I, like, was really impressed with, like, how well he played both the dramatic and comedic components of that character. Um, and I was like, damn. Like, would not have expected this from, like, the small amount of, like, context that I have around this guy. Because <laughs> I feel yeah. like, again, I don't watch a ton of SNL, but I feel like he's he seems to be in, like, the weirder SNL oh, sketches. Like, like, the, like the, you know, the ones that are, like, right before the final commercial break, you know? Like, but he's also, like, his style is 80s television shows, like... The sketches that he's put up with, like, Beck Bennett and stuff are just, like, people awkwardly standing around in, like, a three-camera comedy setup being like, I can't believe you did that to me. I'm never going to be your friend again. And, like, the (laughs) tone of, like, this, like, everything's weird and nobody's, like, that good of an actor. And so, like, that feels like it comes through with, like, Brigsby being this weird closed-circuit television show where, like, everything's just off and like super 80s the fact that they're all vhs tapes with like the lines of like (laughs) is very in line with like his style comedy i also i just remember one of the first things i ever saw kyle mooney in is a sketch where he's yelling about the the benjols instead of the bangles he's like benjols i can't believe it they lost and like what are you yelling about and he's like i I, I'm so mad about the sports. I, I, I can't believe they did that. And they're like, do you know what happened? He's like, yeah, of course. And he's just wearing a coat that says sports on the arm and just keeps pointing at the arm and poking it. And like, it's just one person trying to prove that they know how to, how to enjoy sports. And it feels very much like this character, like trying to sh- not show that he doesn't know what he's doing or uh, doesn't understand anything. So yeah, very Kyle Mooney. Yeah. And like story. he picks like all of the things like he he just picks up everything like from other people. Like mm-hmm. he hears uh Spence say dope as shit once and then he just keeps saying dope as shit throughout the entire movie and it's so yeah. cute. <laughs> um yeah. I also loved the like, when he first is in the, like, interrogation room with Greg Kinnear, and, like, Greg Kinnear is, like, kind of trying to tiptoe around, like, what's going on, and he's like, oh, what, what what's on your shirt? And he's like, it's Brigsby. And then the camera pans down, and his shirt literally just says, it's Brigsby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, oh, yeah, I am so in the bag for this, like... I, I do love, I think well, that's one of the funniest aspects of this and how well it lands is how stupid all the names are of all the things and he just says them as if 
people know. <laughs> Especially, like, when he, like, is getting all the props and he's like, oh, this is from Wizzle and she's the only one who does this except for Tizzle. And you're like, what the fuck? Is that <laughs> he just, like, or, like, carries the box and, like, runs back into yeah. the house. <laughs> the sword is crystal. Everything's ridiculous. Like, all the names are... Or when he... Oh, the other one that I wrote down is when he's like, is that a steel drone rider or an air drum uh, thing? And then he's like, what? And he's like, is that a steel drum rider? And you're like, what the fuck? Is that? Like, a spaceship? And he's like, it's the Enterprise. Um, that I thought was very funny. It's just all these alternate names for things that everyone's like, huh? Um, which also, that Tim Heidecker movie that's in this yeah. that they go to see is also incredible. It's like hockey uh, something. I mean, it's hockey related. Yeah. And then when they're like, who made that? And Matt Walsh Isn't just goes. Is this supposed to be like the Sandlot? It's, yeah, I feel like it's basically yeah, it Bad is. News Bears, but hockey instead of baseball. Yeah. Mm. But then when they're like, who made that? And Matt Walsh just goes, I think it was the guy who did Sir Bachelor. <laughs> like, who the fuck is Sir Bachelor? <laughs> I didn't write that. Mr. Bachelor. Mr. <laughs> Bachelor. Okay, yeah, Mr. Bachelor. But Sir Bachelor, being him doing that though, uh, was a great joke of him just summoning a fake movie to reference. I I I did Ugh. think I didn't write any of them down, but like as uh Kyle Mooney and Matt Walsh were like walking into their movie that they went to, they walked past several like fake movie posters and all of the movies just looked so dumb. <laughs> Which is like, also maybe is a critique. Yeah, maybe it's also a critique on how like, yeah, this this like fake television show looks kind of dumb and is not like when uh yeah, that one episode that the girls are watching, and then they start laughing because it's, like, about sex. Yeah. They say something about sex, and then they're like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> but, like, the idea that brings me bear is, like, not a good, solid show, obviously, but that, like, none of the real movies in the world are that good either. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, what's, what's quality? How are you going to say this isn't as good? Um, I think, oh, the other thing that I just wanted to talk about, which is more of a general topic, is... Were there any television shows or VHSs that mm. you watched as a kid that did feel like no one else talked about them or knew about them? And as you look back, you're like, was that a thing? Like, did, who, like, who knew about this other thing? Was there anything like that for you? Besides, like, uh, the old Victrola uh, or, like projector black and white shorts that played in front of like the films at the movie palace tierney well tierney tierney didn't get a lot of that she got the newsreels tierney That's got the, true. like the the world war ii news info <laughs> drops before her movies so i thought we were talking about television shows right but it was before television but even television were... didn't exist when you were growing up so. the shows you were watching <laughs> Uh, I only had a, like basic television. Okay, I, was I, know, say. I know the joke, but but I only had basic television. So there is a lot of like I basically watch anything on PBS or like one Saturday morning TGIF, which like a, lo- a fair bit of kids watched. Yeah, but there are there is a lot of television that I watched that no one watched and they were black and white (laughs) so like uh we watched like three stooges 
Um, stuff that would be taped off of, like, PBS. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a bit of Monty Python. Um, but that's not black and white. But the main one, I think... Well, there's also... <laughs> this is a bit of a side note. Uh, I... In an, in an improv class, I referenced the fact that I, <laughs> on sick days, if we were home from school, we'd watch Bonanza. <laughs> I was just looking up Bonanza right now. <laughs> and my teacher was like, I don't think anyone born after 1960 has watched Bonanza. <laughs> um, but that's what happens when you don't have cable. Um, uh-huh. But the other one, the main one, I would say, is Leave it to Beaver. I was in love with the beaver and no one knew what it was until I was in sixth grade and my... Uh, language arts teacher had a picture that Jerry Mathers is the guy I think he's the guy who plays mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and she had met him and he signed a picture and I was like oh my god that's a beaver and like the rest of my class was like the fuck <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only that's, one for me really Leave it to Beaver was like a Nick at Night show so these kids at the table should have known what Leave it to Beaver was I so watched you're Leave in the it to right. Beaver Everyone seemed to have watched the movie mm. Mm. and not like the black and white. I had seen, I mean, I didn't watch it a lot, but I, yeah, I mean, for me, it was like a lot of those Nick at Night shows, which yeah. like I knew were popular, but like, I don't think a lot of my friends were watching, but like I would watch them regularly and my parents had seen a lot of them. So like, I at least had like some connection to it like but yeah is i don't Nick I, at night really just supposed to be what the parents watch because by the time i was in yeah. what, junior high it would have been a different generation of parents and we got cable and it yeah. was like three's <laughs> company and the cosby show yeah uh, well, and then it like yeah, now it's like seinfeld i, and I was friends. gonna say it was like <laughs> Five-ish really? years ago. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, five-ish oh, years God. ago, I remember... Because I, I haven't watched, like, the Nickelodeon channel in... It could be I iCarly. Got, I don't even know how long. But, like, when I was growing up, it was, like, um, Gilligan's Island, uh, Brady Bunch, Leave it to Beaver, I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. Like, those were, like, the shows that were on Nick at Night. And I think... It, yeah, I think it was, like, five-ish years ago, I happened to notice that, like there was an episode of friends on Nick at night. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But if you think about it, like like, so deeply upset, people, millennials have kids now. I know. Mm -hmm. Like it totally makes sense. But I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Here's a question. I have two, two things. Uh, one, did you guys like friends? Did you think it was funny? I mean, yes. I did as a kid, and I've rewatched it since, and I still do. So. I was gonna say, like, I, I'm not in the camp that doesn't like it. I still regularly watch it, and like, I understand that a lot of it is problematic and has not aged well. But because I watched so much of it when I was a kid, like, I still love it, and like, I'll still yeah. watch episodes, and I can quote along basically the entire episode, and I can giggle along the entire episode. Yeah, I'm I'm in the bag for for friends. I didn't watch it until I was 20. Um, I knew, like, it was going on. I wasn't yeah. under a rock, but 
we weren't allowed to watch television on weeknights. Um, and I watched it. You had to help with the chores around the farm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, essentially, I had homework and I had to, like, yeah. do chores around the house. Plow the fields. Yeah, Cut exactly. the wood. <laughs> do the dishes. Um, but I watched it when I studied abroad because it's all they played at the time in oh. Ireland. And so I watched all of Friends while studying abroad. Um, I was going to ask if it was dubbed, but then when you said Ireland, my brain was like, but was it dubbed? And it was just <laughs> Irish voices like, oh, Ross, what do you think in bringing that over here? Could I be any more upset? Anyway, but just I thought Irish it like, voice. it's nice, but I was like, oh, it's like a, it's like your brain just kind of vacates itself. But I never really thought it was that funny. But anyway, I think I might have also been too old to where I, I don't have the nostalgia that comes with it. I was just I was, like, this laugh track is really annoying. I, well, I think, yeah, because I, I now cannot watch new shows with laugh tracks. Oh, yeah. It's and like, it, like, not that I like scope them out very often, but like that's almost all CBS comedies are. And so like whenever I see an episode of a CBS comedy... I'm just like, no, like, this is extremely not for me. I think also people don't know how to write three camera sitcoms anymore. Yeah, that's probably true. My uh, follow up question, though, is an exception to a laugh track show that I watched as an adult that I found to be hilarious. Tierney's going to say Big Bang Theory and we're going to have to cancel the pod. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to shut the whole thing down. No. Is iCarly. That show is fucking hilarious. And I would watch it wow. babysitting, and I'd be like, this show is actually pretty funny. And it Are is you, a three-camera yeah. sitcom, and it does have a laugh track. But, like, the bits all, at the time, again, I have not rewatched, but the bits all landed. <laughs> I thought I thought a lot of the Disney Channel sitcom. That's not Disney. That's Nickelodeon. Were, yeah, that's I a, know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I thought the Disney I feel like Channel show. It, it's a similar thing. Like they were all doing yeah. like, the same stuff. Yeah, like Zoe One Hundred and One and fucking Dog Drake and Josh. Okay, guys. I was Sweet Life of Zach and Cody though. Children at the time, and I, I was not. never watched any of those. <laughs> I <laughs> was watching Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, and That's So Raven, and That's Hannah Montana. I know that era though. Uh, those like I think That's So Raven is like a pretty funny show, mm-hmm. and I also think uh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody and uh, fucking even Hannah Montana. I was like. This is pretty good. They got some good sharp lines here. Uh, but I think it also works. Well, okay, yeah. Can, I, can I recommend... Uh, I, they rebooted iCarly for Paramount Plus. So, like, congratulations. Like you've, you've got a... No, it's a, new, it's a new ongoing show. Yeah. But it's not with the original cast. Yeah. Yeah, Miranda Cosgrove's back. And Sam? No, they recast Sam. They recast Sam and everyone... My knowledge of iCarly is very minimal. (laughs) So they didn't recast Sam, but Sam is no longer in the show as her best friend. It's a new girl who's her best friend, and the actress is black, and a bunch of racists 
were like Aww. attacking the show and cool. she was like I'm literally playing a different character Sam is not a real person <laughs> no one was replaced it's a new character who is the best friend of a fake character. Stop being stupid. Did you see, related, did you see after the first episode so of Insecure? Excited. I think I sent yeah. it to you guys, but, like, one of the characters was, like, wearing some, like, sorority something or other when they did their, like, their uh, reunion, the first episode of Insecure this season. Yeah. And, like, people were mad online that this woman who was not, like, the actress is not a member of that sorority, but, like, was wearing the sorority colors and letters on this TV show, and people were mad about it. And she was like, y'all. <laughs> like, this is a character. I am an actor. This is fake. This is a fake person. I am not, yes, like, I am just yeah. wearing whatever the costume department tells me to put on. <laughs> like, calm the fuck down. <laughs> it's like, so nuts. People are getting really destroyed. stupid. Yes, like, yeah. we should just get rid of the internet. <laughs> like, it's, we've had enough. Wait, guys, did iCarly already come out? Uh. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, it was supposed to be out this year. Mm. Oh, wait, no. The first three episodes were released on June 17th. With the rest starting weekly August 26th. Oh, wow. Mm. According to the review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes, 100%. Gave the first season a positive review. I mean, with, it was a very a popular show. Six point seven out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say it's not. I don't think it's a, a show that you shouldn't feel okay laughing at. I am surprised though that no other three camera comedy, Seinfeld. I said recently. The, Seinfeld well, was like forty years ago. Whoa. <laughs> hold it now but wait <laughs> iCarly is like at least 10 years old yeah I said in the last 10 years didn't I maybe I don't know probably I think there's been other I don't it, know it started it went from 2007 to 2012 and that I think that was the last three camera laugh track television show mm. that was funny that, I, yeah, I can't think of another one Bill Lawrence, so the guy who created Scrubs and um, Cougar Town and Ted Lasso, co-created Ted Lasso, um, he did a multicam comedy a few years ago that was, like, okay. I thought, like, there were parts that I thought were funny, but I also, <clears throat> I feel like a lot of multicam comedies, like... <laughs> Are like the the performances are just like so exaggerated, which I think is like part yeah. of. They're basically plays, right? Like that's part of the appeal of this thing, but like that's just not something that I enjoy watching. Yeah, I don't know. So like, anytime I watch <clears throat> like a modern day, even if like I think the writing is solid, I just can't get into it because the characters are just like, ah! you know, like, and I'm just like, this is too much. Yeah. Um, to get back to the original question, uh, I also watched some stuff that no one else watched. I watched Babes in Toyland, uh, oh. like one of the '60s, '70s, like an like uh, uh, musical movies. I watched Babes in Toyland a lot, and then I also watched these two shows. One was called We Sing Songs in Sillyville. 
<laughs> I'm the. I also specifically I ask this question for these kinds of answers of like Brigsby Bear level, like <laughs> what the fuck is this kind of shows? And we sing songs in Sillyville was like kids singing songs, and there was like a ragdoll person. Maybe it was like. Truly, though, like, watching Brigsby Bear, I was like, I imagine this is what it must be like for me to try to describe this show that, like, almost nobody has seen (laughs) and wouldn't understand. Or this other one called, I think it was Kids, Inc., which I think was a toy store that had a promotional video on VHS about kids who live in the store, and all of the things were, like, them... Playing with toys. I like, truly can't Maybe remember exactly what it was. Them. I mean, possibly. Uh, <laughs> but I just remember the kids, the kids ink one. You could see like the the sound stage, so it was like dark behind the set. And I always remember being like, "This is kind of grim. Like, this is kind of like a weird factory setup for this stage." But Man, yeah, as a young songs. young child, this is quite grim. You see this factory <laughs> background. <laughs> What is this? This feels like an Andy Warhol art show. Uh, yeah, that was me as a kindergartner. Um, but no, I just remember being like, "This is like this makes me feel sad." Uh, but yeah, those are the shows that I was like, uh, if I talked about we sing songs in Sillyville, people would be like, what "The fuck are you talking?" But it had it had the song "Make New Friends, but Keep with the Old." One is Girl silver, Scout but song. the other's gold. Well, it was in the, We Sing Songs in Sillyville. They were singing all kinds of songs in there. Can you find it on IMDb? Can anybody find it? I'm looking it up right now. <clears throat> There's a 1989 movie, We Sing in Sillyville. Yeah, that's it. That's so it. A it. Movie, that's the movie, not a television show. Well, yeah, but it was a VHS tape that I watched over and over and over and over again. The same way Briggs v. Bear... His VHS tapes that they watch. Holy shit, this like looks like Brings Me Bear. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> it like is an old show that nobody saw that was just like kids learning lessons and weird costumes. So the I just like Googled it real quick and this popped up. And so this is from onstageblog.com, which I have no idea what the fuck that is, but the headline is We Sing in Sillyville, the nineteen eighty nine children's movie that still teaches me. Adriana Simmons, guest editorial, May 19th, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be reading this, but I'll probably send it over to you, Matt. You seem like you might have fun with this. <laughs> God. Looking at these, like, screenshots is, like, sending me. It, like, it, like, really feels like it, like, left a deep impact and I didn't realize it. It looks like it was the inspiration for Big Comfy Couch, just that main lady's uh-huh. outfit oh yeah, yeah. Uh, also were you aware that the girl from uh the big comfy couch ended up marrying steve from blues clues oh interesting they are not... married the clown girl and the dog boy they are wed uh this will give this this will paint a, an interesting picture i think you guys might find this movie. So this is a movie you said that no one else has seen. There is a movie that I saw as a first grader that I have not yet met another soul who's watched it outside my family. 
and it was called, I think it's called Into the Darkness, and it's about the man-eating lions of Savo. My, what the fuck? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, and I'm pretty sure it has Iceman from Top Gun in it's it. It's called The Darkness and the Light, and I have seen parts of that movie. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, the, Val Kilmer's in it? Yes. Oh, oh God, wow. this is so bad. Oh, and another one is wrongfully accused. Or, sorry, John the Ghost Rhodes in the Darkness. The Ghost in the Darkness is the name of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Val Kilmer, Michael Douglas, John Connie, mm. Tom Wilkinson, Emily Mortimer. Wow. Emily Mortimer. <clears throat> yes, please. Good ass cast. I haven't seen it since I was about <coughs> seven years old, but. I have never seen it in full, but I do remember it because my parents rented it when I was growing up. And. Uh, I caught parts of it, but I was like, that was like, that was like right when I was like seven or eight years old and I was like terrified of everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh fuck, some lions are going to get me. So I can't watch this movie. (laughs) Whereas my parents rented it and they were like, Tierney, you love big cats. Do you want to watch this movie? And I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) And then there's also wrongfully accused, which I just force people to watch. Hey, Cass! (laughs) Who's your new friend? Which was in the running for this podcast. We were like, do we do something like, hey, podcast, who's your new friend? And we're like, is this too deep of a cut? Nobody will understand it. Yeah, It's like, we're already pretty deep of a cut and calling it podcast. Like, I don't think we can push the envelope quite that far. Yeah. Well, Colin, that one time we were in your car on the way, this is, we're just so far off topic, but when we were at that Mariano's in Edgewater with John, and then uh, I think I said, how dare you? And then he goes, how dare you? How dare me? When I, how dare you? And I was like, you've seen it? <laughs> like a and secret like, agent code. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. I've met another one that I haven't forced to watch this. By your own free volition, you've done it. Out in the wild, somebody else. Oh, it was a magical moment. It'd be like if someone saw Wissing and Silly Bill, Matt. I know, and I would have been like, I mean, that's how I also felt about Rockadoodle when I first talked to somebody who had seen Rockadoodle. You rated that on Letterboxd. Apparently I rated it five stars, and that was incorrect. Did not mean to rate it five stars. I recently rewatched it last year, I think, because it was on Prime, and I was like, I watched this movie I, a lot I as a kid. I fuck out of that movie when I was growing I watched up. I so loved that much. movie. I loved that movie. It's a brisk, like, 70 minutes. It's so short. It's, like, <laughs> just over an hour. And it's, it's like not... a television show? Yeah. yeah. Like and it's also like... not good. It's Don Bluth, who's, like, very famous of that era for animation. It's fucking Glenn Campbell is, like, the lead like cock that sings um and yeah i was like not a joke about the name even rockadoodle yeah it's about a rooster who sings uh but it gets too depressed because one morning the sun rises without him singing so then he thinks that he's useless. So then he goes to Las Vegas and has a show, and a group of other is farm this animals. This is true. Have to this go is, to Las true. Vegas. This is accurate. He's basically like Elvis, 
he's a cock Elvis, and they have to go find this cock, and they have to bring the cock back to the farm so that the cock can sing in the morning and bring back morning because an owl is taking over the world and trying to make it an eternal night. It is a 70-minute movie that is... Five stars. Everything's packed in. It's so fast. There's an old dog. Uh, it's got a fake-out death. Uh, but that's another movie that I was like, did anybody else watch this fucking movie, Rockadoodle? Yeah. They I sure meant to did. text you earlier, literally earlier today, because I was bored at work and I was fucking around on Letterboxd, and I saw that you had <laughs> rated it. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Why I, am I watching Rockadoodle in the middle of a Monday afternoon? <laughs> I mean, I probably did when I watched Rockadoodle. I probably watched it in the middle of the day. Uh, but... I was going through my five-star rated movies to see if there were any that I wanted to pick for this pob, and came across that I had rated Rockadoodle five stars and was like, this is a grave misrepresentation of how much I like this movie now, by nowadays standards. Uh, so that's why it looked like a new rating, because I was like updating Blade a five-star. <laughs> yeah, a perfect film. <laughs> this movie is cinema. Phantom Thread. Rockadoodle. <laughs> Rockadoodle. <laughs> Rockadoodle. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, it is the it is the movie that taught me the word claustrophobia. Um, oh hey. Well you learned something. Because a woodpecker gets claustrophobic and then riddles whole holes in a trunk and then the water comes in and they almost drown. And that's also where I learned about drowning. It's probably why you don't like holes. Yeah, it's probably why I don't like holes or deep water or claustrophobia. Or cocks. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to talk about in this movie, real quick, was it Matt Walsh's of... upper lip? Why did it gotta be like that? What did, what did that upper lip do? He's got a no, mustache, just, doesn't you he? You can actually see it. Yeah. It's oh, weird. He doesn't have a it took me like, like 10 minutes not... to be like, oh, <laughs> like something's. Notice. Oh, totally, totally unrelated. But do you guys remember. Uh, the first time you realized that there was a bad Matt Walsh and you thought that they were yes. the same Matt Walsh and you were like I devastated saw and then you a realized bunch of that they're tweets. different and you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. I literally, I have a, like, I have in my time hop uh, every once a year, I'll find an old tweet where I was like, I thought the Matt Walsh that was tweeting insane shit was the one from Veep, but it's not, and I'm so relieved. Oh, yes, he's just a fascist. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, a literally a fascist up. Matt yeah. Walsh. And it's confused other people, too, where they're like, Matt Walsh, what are you doing? And they're like, no, it's a different Matt Walsh. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I remember, Terrible. like, I still remember having that moment where I was, like, devastated, because I was like, oh, I love Matt Walsh. Now I have to hate Matt Walsh. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, I just hate the other one. It's okay. And they're pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, they're awful. Yeah. It's not, and it's not Matt Walsh from V. Oh, I know, but so that's the thing that we have to keep reinforcing. Tyranny. I said, "Remember when?" Like <laughs> now, now our right, listeners now is getting, the time. getting it IRL for tyranny. Yeah, truly, imagine coming across those and being like, "But you're on Veep. What are you? What? How do you think these things?" <laughs> and then being like, "Oh, I don't know who the fuck this Matt Walsh is. Fuck this guy." <laughs> Uh, Rockadoodle um, is on Hoopla right now. It is not currently on Amazon Prime. Get so to it. You have gotta get it. I'm gonna have to go ahead and take care of that later today. <laughs> um, yeah, no, just the fact that he doesn't have a mustache is what I was referring to. I, I was like, why does he look so naked? Yeah. Uh, also, the Beatlers is another great joke that I forgot about the fir- from the first time around, but the fake Beatles. 
and he yeah. just like plays the cassette tape and it's terrible and they're like oh my god this is so bad <laughs> she's like that was funny but actually i think i like it i was like yes this is yeah. this is accurate <laughs> which kind of reminded me of um i can't remember there's like a band of three sisters who like has notoriously like the worst album of all time uh that's like a cult following for this like these three sisters were made to do music by their dad and the music is terrible it's like my little foot is one of the songs or something it's like it's a miserable album but it's gained this cult following for being so bad that it's like kind of its own art to like do this weird like like, amateur music like the room or friday by rebecca black or exactly (laughs) or brigsby bear of like these kind i think that's the other thing that was interesting about like the premise of brigsby bear is the fact that it's like these art things like daniel johnson being this like very mentally tormented but like musically gifted artist who then gained this following of people that are like this is such weird different unique music that like let's celebrate it as like art and that feels kind of like what the characters do with brigsby bear of like the fuck is the show but also like it's kind of its own thing so like let's let's watch it and like let's make it popular um so i also thought of like the movie frank with michael fassbender mm-hmm. where he's like wearing that's that fake movie. head and that's based on like a real musician too so like that kind of like weird art house is it sia thing exactly yeah <laughs> it's it's uh the mayor of mayor mcgee's from mcdonald's who's got the same head shape as sia when she's wearing that wig um but yeah that the the beatlers was another note that i had and the guy who um, directed frank also directed room he did coming full circle him. full circle interesting he also directed a movie called The Little Stranger, so I guess he's just like really in on Donald Gleason. Sorry, Dominal Gleason. Dominal. <laughs> Dominal. Um, which is another mispronunciation that I thought was very funny is when Michaela Watkins goes, "Maybe we could watch a Briggles Bear and have some dinner." <laughs> Briggles Bear. The cast I in thought. this movie is so fucking stacked. It really yeah. is. It's- it's also, like, that SNL cast when Kyle Mooney first started of, like, Michaela Watkins, yeah. uh, uh, Beck Bennett, fucking... I think Michaela uh, Watts- Watkins had already left. Oh. But she, all those people were on SNL, including yeah. Greg Kinnear. Including Greg Kinnear, who I think is great in this and, like, Wait, so was charming. Wait, actually? I was making a joke. I think maybe Greg Kinnear was a cast member for a little bit. Maybe not. I have no idea. He certainly hung out with those people that were. Um, I do agree that Holy I thought he shit. was... Oh, no, he just hosted it. Okay. I thought he was really good in this movie. And, like, not yeah. in a role that I typically see Greg Kinnear do. You know, like... I mm-hmm. Like, when he just like started, like, busting out that Shakespeare monologue... And Kyle Mooney was like, oh my god. <laughs> they end up casting him in the movie. <laughs> and he's good too. And even like, even that w- moment is so heartfelt when he's like, that's really sad that you didn't get to do what you really love doing. Yeah. yeah. And like, that also is kind of the movie is like, why don't you just let the people who, like, why don't you let people do what they love and not make it like 
rules that everyone has to follow of what they're supposed to be doing when. Yeah. Um, I And it's, like, charming. I really, like, the... With the parents, like, they had an idea of, like, what having their son back in their life would be. And, like, mm-hmm. there's so much tension that it's, like... And especially because the fact that by the time they get their son back, he's, like, a grown-ass adult. Like, he's mm-hmm. lived a life. And so it's, like, they have this idea of what they can do with their kid, but he's, like, not a kid anymore. And so, like, I thought that tension felt very real. Um, but I also loved, like, when they realized, like, yeah, it's not what we envisioned, but, like, he's happy, and so we can be happy that he, you know? And, like, when... Matt Walsh has that, like, yeah, like, this can be our list of things that we do together as a family. Like, we have the list of things that we did, the three of us, but now that we're the four of us, this is our thing. Um, And I thought that that was really sweet. Um, My question that I'm going to pose is that, was this secretly a, like, biopic about J.J. Abrams being able to do Star Wars? It's like curly haired boy who loves making movies and then gets to Scott make Mark, it's got Mark Hamill. It's got Mark Hamill. He gets to make one of the very things that he loved so much growing up, and now he gets to like be in the in the seat doing it. I think Brigsby Bear is about JJ Abrams. That's my hot take. About who? JJ Abrams. JJ. JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams. JJ. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Um, also, Julio Torres makes a cameo. Did you notice Julio Torres, who I've talked about on this podcast before? I don't know who Julio Torres is. <sighs> He's got a special on HBO, and he also was in Los Spookies. And I haven't seen either of those <clears> things. He's been in stuff recently, but he's <clears throat> getting a haircut in this movie and watching oh, he's videos. Oh, nice. And that's it. That's his whole character. And I was like, <gasps> Julio Torres, you're in this too? Also, yeah, Tim Heidecker, I think you mentioned already, but, like, I had forgotten that he was in that movie. (laughs) Like, in the movie, in the movie. (laughs) So when Mm -hmm. he popped up, I was like, oh, (laughs) this fucking guy. (laughs) Yeah, and one of the best cameos, and also one of the best performances in the movie, is Andy Samberg as his friend Eric at the hospital. I thought it was very touching. I think, like, their friendship is so real for how it would probably feel at a hospital where, like, everyone is, like, working on their mental health. But also, like, he's just, like, trying to be a good friend to uh, Kyle Mooney's character. And it's very sweet. When, yeah, so the shot where he just, like, is walking by him sitting at the table and just, like, gives him an ice cream cone, but he's, like... Yeah. Like, trying to hide the fact that he has two. I was like, oh, that's very cute. And Making then, no eye contact. Yeah, and then when he's, like, he brings him all of his uh, his weapons because he knows yeah. that he's going to escape. And so he's like, like, basically, you need these more than I do. But they're very clearly just, like, like, like cardboard crafts, cardboard <laughs> swords, and ninja stars. It's so yeah. sweet. But I also love how that moment ends with him being, like, so how are you going to break out? And Kyle Mooney being like, it's a really complicated plan. And then a cut to an exterior shot and a TV just flying out of a window. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, I thought it was very funny. And so if we really want, like, that is why I chose this movie that day. is because it was produced by The Lonely Island. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I'll check that out. The Lonely Island makes fun stuff. I'll go see what they've got going on. Uh, but what I didn't know until I watched it last night is it's also produced by Lord and Miller. Oh! So, like, not only is there, like, a pretty impressive pedigree in front of the camera, but there's also a pretty impressive pedigree behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, man, I love this movie so much. One last thing that I want to throw out there, and this is mostly just for Matt, but, um, Tierney, maybe someday. Probably not. You shouldn't watch this show. (laughs) Um, Alexa Demi, the girl who plays Meredith, who he, like, hooks up with at the party... Uh, Mm -hmm. she is, uh, in Euphoria, and she's so good in Euphoria. She plays Maddie in Euphoria. Yeah. And she's also in another movie that we're going to watch for the pod, Waves, which I've been trying to get Matt to watch for It's true. (laughs) I have the digital code loaded. (laughs) I I own the movie. But now I'm waiting because I saw it on your list. Yeah. But no, I was, I, I totally forgot that. So, like, I saw Waves in fall of 2019 when it came out and then i watched euphoria last year during quarantine and i was like oh that's that same girl from waves and i had totally forgotten that she was in brings me Bear too and so when i was watching this last night i was like oh fuck <laughs> you're back um she like similar to our conversation on the dune pop like i feel like all of the characters she plays are the exact same <laughs> like mm-hmm. she's just like high schooler who goes to parties <laughs> Yeah, and it's slightly meaner, and as she has more lines, she becomes meaner and meaner. (laughs) But uh, I do really like her, and whenever she pops up and stuff now, I'm, like, always like, oh, that's fun. I'm really excited to see Alexa Demi, so. Um, So, yeah, keep an eye out for her in, you know, two months, whenever we get around to that that episode. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I have a couple quick final notes. Um, Hit us. the, The salute that he gives the Smile Sisters, who is just one person who works at the diner, which that scene was, like, a very emotional and, like, pretty pretty dramatic scene of, mm-hmm. like, what would it be like to know that you participated in something as weird as that uh, when you're just, like, a person trying to, like, work a, your job? Uh, but I thought that scene... And who that actress I know from other things... I um, looked her up last night. I... I think she's I in House of Cards, is I think how I know her. Oh, that might be it. But maybe not. She, I, I looked her up, because she looks really... I think she looks similar to Dakota Johnson. Yeah, um, but I would know Dakota Johnson. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I think... Like, when I first saw her in the movie, I was like, is that Dakota Johnson? I'm like, no, okay, it's not Dakota Johnson. But I, I'm having a hard time thinking of why I think this girl looks familiar, because I keep thinking of Dakota Johnson roles. Yeah, um... But yeah, the little salute that he gives her as she's like, are those for you? And he's like, yeah, I've been an outlaw since I was born. And then like, give this little salute and goes to get arrested. I was like, this is a, an incredible moment. When he like walks out with his hands up, he's like, no tackling this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who is that actress? She's she's to... part of the... Uh, Caitlin uh, Shield. She's part of the Paul Simon Extended Universe. She was in the movie The Sound of Silence. Okay. You remember? But she's also in a movie, I'm pretty sure. Let me find to confirm. Okay, she was in House of Cards. I fucking knew it. Um, And I think she's also maybe in a movie about Christine? Maybe not. Anyway. Kate plays Christine? Yeah, I think that's her in it. Oh, it is her. Yeah. 
Um, so that's why I was like, her face looks so familiar as like, kind of like this odd performance. Anyway, uh, that salute was really funny. Um, what was the other note that I had? Uh, oh, The Thing makes an appearance. Yeah. Uh, Spence has a poster of The Thing in his room, and I was like, good taste, kid. Um, Spence seems like a, like a cool hang. I would, I would hang out with Spence if I was uh, a teenager. And not an adult would you, man. Would you hang out with him if you were an adult man? No. Unless were... I was trapped in a bunker underneath ground and had an excuse for being stunted in my... Um, Although, career. I mean, like, he was pretty game to, like, just make a movie. With, like, yeah. Just like, yeah, okay, I'm free. It's Saturday. Let's fucking roll. So. Spence is good people, isn't that? Spence is the Benny of this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I also thought the line when... Uh, uh, what is Kyle Mooney's character's name in this? Man, it's James. that... Fr- James. It's too simple. you got to make it more unique than that. Uh, when James is fooling around with uh, the girl and just goes, Thank you for what you're doing. That feels very nice. <laughs> um, uh, and then, yeah. The in that first episode of Brazy that we see, just the or it's a poster in his room, and it just says curiosity is an unnatural emotion. <laughs> Thought that was very funny. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and then the final final note that I had was just that his reaction to seeing the props from Brigsby Bear is how I reacted when I worked at my first job, and one day pieces of the Stargate were brought in, like. <laughs> The full-size Stargate, chunks of it were, like, disassembled on crates just coming into our warehouse. And somebody was like, there's, like, some Star Trek, I think. Some, like, Star Trek memorabilia. And I was like, Star Trek? And they're like, yeah, it's got, like, hieroglyphics. And I was like, Stargate? (laughs) And then I, like, ran out and was like, it's the Stargate. It's really the Stargate. It's the whole thing. Um, so I very much related when he was like, the sword is crystal! <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> Been there. Uh, Those are all my notes for Brisbane's Bear. Did you have any other thoughts, Tierney? No. <laughs> Fair. I got all my Mark- I am glad that Mark Hamill got to play a performance in which he does voiceover work. Because that's really the best Mark Hamill that we could have possibly asked for. Um, I remember being a little shit in 2017 when everybody was losing their minds over how good Mark Hamill was in The Last Jedi. I was like, it's not even his best performance in 2017. (laughs) He's being a total asshole. (laughs) You really weren't. You wouldn't let anybody forget it. Even though nobody even knew about it. (laughs) I do think he is good in this movie for like the, you know, 10 minutes that he's in this movie. Um, Tattoo ideas. So I think... You I should just, get a Brisbee. I think, too. like, I was thinking about it. <laughs> like, so when they're filming out in the desert or, like, out in the woods, they like, go on that camping trip, and he, like, turns around and one of his pupils is just <laughs> missing. <laughs> First of all, that scene is so funny. <laughs> like, when his sister puts it back on, she doesn't put it on, like, perfectly centered. It's just, like, slightly <laughs> off. And so then for the rest of the movie, whenever you see Brigsby's, like, head, his <laughs> one of his eyes is just... And it's not, like, significantly off. It's just, like, slightly off. Um, 
And so as I was watching it last night, I was like, I think I might just get like a tattoo of Brigsby's head. <laughs> like, <laughs> would be funny. Oh. Also related to Brigsby's head, when uh, this one of the Smile Sisters kisses Brigsby at the end when oh. they're getting married, <laughs> and the look that Spence and the sister trade of like, mm, is that okay? <laughs> like, is, this, is that like? I don't know about that. <laughs> so funny. I rewound just to look at their reaction again of like, what? <laughs> Even though like they must have been there for that scene, but yeah. like seeing it on screen, they're like uncomfortable by this like woman kissing this fake bear mouth. I also love the uh like the marquee for the movie. And it's like the Brigsby Bear movie I made with my friends, world premiere sold out. <laughs> It's like, so sweet. <laughs> um, would you guys watch this movie on an airplane? Yes. I would. For sure I would. Yeah, probably. Uh, would you guys spend time on this film set? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it would be really funny. Would, like, even say, Matt Walsh, who's not, like, doing a ton of comedy in this movie, you would be on set actually... with Matt Walsh and Michaela Watkins. Yeah. I was trying to figure out how much of this movie was actually improvised, but mm. I didn't. I didn't find much. Yeah, I have I no bet, idea. I bet moments, especially like the names of things, I bet were Kyle Mooney like improvising so that people would be like, "What? <laughs> what words are you saying?" <laughs> the thing that made me think of it was Sir Bachelor. I was like, I would not be surprised if Matt Walsh made that up in the moment. Yeah. yeah, just like what is the name of a dumb movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sir Bachelor. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, with that cast, I would imagine there was yeah. a, a lot of improv that was going on on set. I don't know how much of it ended up making it into the movie, but I would imagine that there was a lot. I hope there's a yeah. blooper reel. There is. Uh, I finished the movie mm-hmm. at like eleven forty-five last night, and so I was like, okay, I don't have time to dive into these special features right now. But there is. There's a couple. There's a whole. I don't know how long it is, but there's a whole episode of Brigsby on the the Blu-ray Ooh. special features. Um, there's a gag reel, and there's some other stuff. Um, I watched was- the one where you went into a cave and uh, you learned multiplication. <laughs> I watched a lot of episodes actually. <laughs> Beck Bennett is good in this too. <laughs> like a very he's so small weird role. in it. Yeah, <laughs> he seems like like upset by it, but also like kind of into it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm, as as is all of my selections, uh, this was not nominated for anything. Do right. we think it should have been? I'm gonna guess for tyranny and say no. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it should have won Best Picture of the Year. <laughs> in 2017, in 2017, the year that Lady Bird... That, I was going to say. It was 2017 Moonlight as well? No, 2016 was, was Moonlight. Okay. 2017 was Phantom Thread, Get Out, Dunkirk, okay. Lady Bird. <laughs> Brigsby Bear. Fucking Brigsby. Uh, Shape of Water won. So, oh, okay. you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. The one that I was thinking, I was like, I feel like I could make a case. I don't know if it would be a strong case, but I feel like I could make a case for original screenplay. And I don't know if it's necessarily like the best original screenplay, but it's definitely, it's like 
the most original screenplay. <laughs> like, it's like Juno, kind of. Yeah. But it's I also like kind of comedy, indie comedy. I looked at the list at the nominees that year and I get out Big Sick, Lady Bird, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Shape of Water. And I was like, yeah, uh, you're not going to make it. I can't make that compelling of a case for Brigsby Bears. Yeah. Maybe it could win some BAFTAs. I was going to say, I wonder, I should have looked to see if it was like. <laughs> With BAFTAs. that British cast, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder if it was nominated for anything at the Spirit Awards. So that seems like a definitely like could play Spirit, at the Spirit Awards. And those awards are sponsored by Spirit Halloween, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah. Um, and so every, after every props. award, they just play the song Spirit in the Sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone drinks spirits throughout the night. Mm-hmm. And then on every television <laughs> screen where you think they'd be live streaming the event, it's actually just Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Uh-huh. And then they're like, all guests flown in, quality of Spirit Airlines. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, that's Briggs Bear. Thanks for watching that movie with me. What was the name of the Zoom? Oh, uh, I said this pod's going to be dope as shit. But I removed the spaces between dope and as and shit because that's how Kyle Mooney says it throughout the entire movie. Dope as shit. Dope as shit. (laughs) Uh, What have you guys been up to lately? Fuck all. Funny that you asked. Um, Actually, I don't know what I've done. Uh, I saw Last Night in Soho last weekend. Last Uh, night. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Last Night in Soho. I think if it wasn't so constantly like scary looking i think you would enjoy it tierney but i think there's like a lot of there's like there's spoiler but like ghosts there's like nope. a good amount of ghosts pass there's a lot but of as ghosts. a story <laughs> as a story though i think you would actually really enjoy it and as like the theme of the story being like nostalgia and like the dangers of nostalgia pretty solid uh feels like an edgar wright movie at certain points where like the editing is really sharp and it like does really cool things there's a lot of like color play with like uh having that kind of influence how you feel in the scene i thought really good performances basically all around especially from the lead thomason thomason mckenzie is so fucking good in everything she's so good she's phenomenal in this movie there are moments that, like, made me think of Black Swan uh, and Natalie Portman's performance of these, like, moments where the person, like, her character is trying to, like, not give away that she's, like, breaking emotionally and is, like, doing what she can to try to not let that come through her voice, but you visually see her struggling with it. That was so powerful, and I thought she was so good in it. Um, Did you... And I'm excited to see her in Maybe more Maybe I stuff. will see it. I mean, I do think you would like it. And I think the point of the movie... I don't want to be scared. Yeah, I'll just I see mean, it during the daytime. I, was just, I don't think it's that scary. I also don't think it's that scary. And mostly you're just looking at the same type of ghost over and over again, is what I'll say. Is it just um, uh, the Doctor Who guy? You'll have to see, but uh, he... And Basement yeah. Chest Woman? Uh-huh. <laughs> She's really chest. good in this movie. <laughs> she yeah, is it's basement, really good in this movie. <laughs> basement chess versus Doctor Who <laughs> versus the girl from Jojo Rabbit. Um, 
But it is, I think it, it's a, a, I thought it was a well-written movie as far as dialogue, as far as, like, thematic elements of, like, setting up certain things that paid off later. Um, I think the, the like, third act of the movie is kind of, you're either in or you're out. Yeah, um, and I was, was kind of out. And I was in, but I also was like, okay, let's see if you can land this. And I was, like, kind of hesitant for a lot of the middle towards the end to be like is what exactly is this going to be but i thought it was pretty good um so i saw that i uh watched oh man i just watched some movies recently but i can't remember oh i've obviously been watching insecure and curb and uh succession our weekly sunday roundup bless um yeah watching a little why the last man (sighs) what other movies have i been watching I mean, I that's know. a lot for a week. You might have just I, watched those. No, but I've no, been loading a in a lot, lot more. <laughs> so, so to go back to what we talked about earlier in this conversation, it's like uh, very different upbringing for you versus me and Matt. Where it's like, you were like, yeah, I didn't watch TV on no, weeknights. No, we weren't allowed to. Sure. Okay, uh, sorry. Unless you, you finished allowed. your homework and all your chores. And Whereas, by that point, it was usually bedtime. <laughs> Yeah. Wish uh, my parents had that kind of discipline with us. Say, but. I, don't, I don't necessarily want to speak for Matt, but from what I know of Matt... <laughs> this bitch watched Conan O'Brien live. Like, I think Matt and I watched Nightly. a lot of TV in the middle of the week. So like, yeah. I watched you, SNL when Chris Farley was alive. So, like, I was less than 10. <laughs> I was less than 8, even. I was a boy. Yeah, so... To your point, Tierney, I've, I'm looking at my letterbox. I've watched uh, 15 movies since we last recorded <laughs> last week. Thank God. <laughs> so. Jesus. Um, I also watched Godzilla King of, or Godzilla vs. Kong. Fuck finally. yeah. Man, oh man, do we not need any human storylines in nope. those movies. All I want to see is Kong swing an axe at Godzilla. That's all. And like, if you said it in Hong Kong, where it like is neon and looks dope, like, uh huh, great. <laughs> Here's my thing too. Here's my hot take. Leaving that movie, I think maybe Millie Bobby Brown is overrated. I think until they start giving her a role besides being like teenager who witnesses uh, supernatural chaos, I don't know if I know she has any range besides what I've seen and I was and I thought she was like really overacting in this. And I thought she didn't do great in the other Godzilla movie too. But overall I think the stories of any of these Godzilla movies has been pretty bad. Yeah. <clears throat> it's rough. So Kong but, Skull Island? Pretty fucking cool. So yeah. anyway. Um I think that's all I've watched. Tierney. Oh, uh, you go first. Uh oh, she's gonna hit us with something good. <laughs> Ooh, us um, wait. So I, as I mentioned, I watched a lot of movies. We don't need to talk about most of them, uh, but I will. I just, I do want to plug the Last Duel, um, hmm. the new Ridley Scott movie with uh, Brad Pitt and, and Adam Driver and Jodie Comer. Uh, it's really Ben Affleck. Good. Ben Affleck's in it. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon wrote it. Nicole yeah. Holofcener wrote it with them, so that's cool and interesting. Uh, 
it made like five million dollars opening weekend and has just like subsequently made no money after that so like nobody is seeing this movie which i think is a shame because i i really liked it it is it's two and a half hours long so like you've you know it's fighting an uphill battle but i i really enjoyed it it's kind of um like rashomon-esque and like i'm obviously not the first person to make that comp but um it's like the same event told from three different storylines. Um, so you get like it, the movie starts with Matt Damon's character's perspective, and then you get Adam Driver's character's perspective, and then you get Jodie Comer's character's perspective. But because you're seeing the same events three different ways, sometimes like the subtleties in how the actors are changing their yeah. like line deliveries and their performances um, are all like really fascinating. Um, and I thought the story was really interesting and I'm like very excited to watch it again. Cause I'm sure there's other stuff that I'm going to see like on subsequent viewings. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like it's basically not in theaters anymore, so I don't really know how people can see it, but I would imagine it will be available on some sort of rental or streaming platform eventually. So I would recommend that one. Um, and then the only other thing I've been up to is I, I think I mentioned I've been listening to the uh, Harry Potter audiobooks, mm-hmm. and I've been texting Tierney about it because I finally made it to the fourth one, <laughs> and we've just been commiserating about how much the fourth one kind of sucks. <laughs> the book and the movie? I fucking yeah. hate the movie. I hate oh, the movie. I, People really don't like that one. Not but good. The, the book is also and so I texted Tierney earlier this it's week and bloated. I was like, "There's." So the, I think the book is like 730 pages or something. 743. Was, nice. Look at this girl. She's got them in her pocket. <laughs> book She's five is 811. Book seven. I think I that know. one's like 760 somewhere. This is like oh. this is like junior high tyranny. I was obsessed with them. You must understand. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got you. But anyway, so like I texted her. I was like, I think there's a 500-ish page version of this story. <laughs> that like absolutely rips but the version we got is this like 700 ish page story that just feels unnecessarily bloated and i just saw like i think i mentioned this on the pod but i list i listened to like one episode per day or one episode one chapter per day um typically in the morning when i'm like getting ready for work and or driving to work and i today listened to the 11th chapter of the book and they just now got to hogwarts i was like what the what? fuck is it's happening? like 100 150 it's 100, pages like 150 pages in there's yeah. so is, much dumb shit at the beginning and like the quidditch is world for cup the one is that's, dope it's for the one that starts with dudley getting dementored no that's the fifth one no that's yeah okay. what's the fourth one the triwizard tournament the little- and it's the yeah, World but, Cup. Yeah, uh, but before that, what are they doing before the Triwizard Cup? The World Cup? I mean, the but movie just starts. Because you've never right. read the books, have you? Nah, bish. Never. But wait, but what yeah, are the, they doing before Hogwarts? The Quidditch I mean, World Cup! I, was, I don't know what to tell you. That's man. not... They're just, wait. They oh, so they're the like... The Quidditch World Cup. Like, that's it. So there's, there's magic there. happening. They're not just in the real world talking to Aunt Petunia. No. Okay, they're at yeah, a, like there. I mean, there Quidditch is story tournament. happening. It's just like it takes for fucking ever to get to Hogwarts. Is the Quidditch tournament in the summertime, like between the year? Oh my god! Yeah, Why aren't they like at a Hogwarts? Soccer tournament. The World Cup always happens. Like the soccer World Cup always happens in the summer. Oh wait! So the Quidditch, wait. Oh my god. 
Wait, so they're going to watch the Soccer World Cup? No! <laughs> He's fucking with us now. <laughs> I didn't know for a minute. When you said the World Cup happens in the summertime, I was like, okay, so what does that have to yeah, do with... Yeah, but Quidditch is, like, modeled after football. Soccer. Yeah, I was okay. going to say, it's, it's the wizard version of football slash soccer, like European football. Why two tournaments in one book? I mean, there's the what? tournament that's happening at Hogwarts... And oh. then there's the tri- the Quidditch Cup, the Quidditch World Cup final that yeah, they go why, to. Why make Be- them both the same story? Because it's supposed to show that there's a wizarding world outside of Hogwarts. Mm. And outside of England. Yeah. Mm. And again, I, like, I don't necessarily have a problem with that, like having the Triwizard Tournament. I just think that there's just like a lot smaller. of... There's a lot of bullshit leading up to the Triwizard Tournament, and there's a lot there's of bullshit. There's a lot of Barty Crouch wandering around. Yeah. It's it's rough. It's really rough. His and like brush mustache. <laughs> Barty Crouch. And, like, the movie, like the movie shows all this. <laughs> all right, listener, can you can you see Tierney's mustache? <laughs> I'll, give you a, I'll give you a spoiler. It's a pen. No, it's a barrette. Oh, it's a barrette. Oh. It looked like a fancy pen. Um, but anyway, the movie That's what she said. shows like the some of the lead up to the Triwizard t- or the <laughs> Quidditch World Cup, but then it doesn't even show the Quidditch World Cup. I'm right. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why would you do this? Like, this is the thing that we're actually excited about watching. We're not like we don't want to watch people just like it. aimlessly wander around. They probably Ugh. filmed it, but then they were like. Uh, they went back to look at like the dailies and realized they couldn't see any of the action because of everyone's hair. (laughs) (laughs) Were you the one who sent us that like tweet the other day? And I was like, it was like, uh, I think Matt did. Was it? I was, I was one of you, but I can't remember. Like it was the setup where it's like no one. And then there's like nothing. And then this thing, (laughs) it was like no one. And then it was like, like all of the characters in Harry Potter four, and they were like it was Daniel Radcliffe's hair from that movie, but like photoshopped to like four times the size. Looks like Mega Karen. Just <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh god. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I'm hopeful that now that they're at Hogwarts, these morning routines of listening to episodes aren't just like me wanting to you know gouge my eyes out or anything but yeah that's what i've been up to all right um, t hit us hit us with it it's been a very very uh Heaven. crazy you know like i've watched so many things this week <laughs> uh, i watched the pilot of succession mm. fuck yeah and that was it <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I texted uh, Matt and Colin, and I said, you guys, and I still stand by it, you guys really buried the lead, because I knew that it was about a terrible, rich family, it's, but no one told me it was basically Disney. It's not basically Disney. It's the Murdochs. It's not yeah. basically Disney. It's the Murdochs if the Murdochs had, like, a theme park division. Yeah. Because ATN, is that the, yeah. the company? ATN is Fox News. We're yeah. like... In this most recent episode, Tom tells uh, some advertisers, like, 
you know, people were watching us for so long that our logo was getting burned into their screen, so we had to animate it. That's how loyal our watchers are. And, like, that is a real thing that Fox had to do, was, like, the Fox logo was getting scorched into people's fucking plasma screens, so they had to, like, move it around in circles. I also think it's Disney. I mean, it's. I mean, it's not not Disney. They go to a theme park, and that's clearly. Like, I mean, it's. It starts with Disney. like the introduction of everybody's favorite character, our dear sweet boy Gregory. Oh, sweetest cousin Greg. <laughs> Just getting Most stoned blessed. before his job at the <laughs> amusement park, and then puking out of the eyeballs of the mask. He's <laughs> a bit icky. <laughs> so I definitely good. already like. No one is great, but I absolutely have favorites yeah like oh yeah connor's i think maybe the oh girl just wait oh sorry thus far oh yeah okay uh he's the least evil because he's the most useless <laughs> connor's like basically nothing for most of the first few episodes but i think in episode four uh is like a real connor showcase episode where he actually like gets some stuff to do and it is phenomenal <laughs> yeah who else are your favorite <laughs> and i think uh kendall might be my lead i might hate him the most yeah kendall fucking sucks even kieran culkin is like bad but he knows he's bad mm-hmm. but yeah kendall doesn't get it kendall's <laughs> just like the antithesis of everything that i stand for <laughs> Yeah. Kendall's, like, rapping along to the Beastie Boys on the way to... Like, uh-huh. that's literally the first time you see Kendall, is him, like, rapping along to the Beastie Boys on the way to, like, make a deal that he doesn't make because he fucking sucks. It's just <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> yeah, I remember hating Ken, but, like everybody in the show, you get some character development that'll be very interesting to see how you like or hate Kendall. Uh, does Do Rupert you... Murdoch have kids? Does he have kids? I didn't think he did. That's part of why I was like, assumed it was Disney because well, also Disney like name is still out there. But also like, not a lot of Disney's run Disney anymore, so it's also like less anymore. a family operated. Yeah, well, yeah, Rupert, all Rupert Murdoch has six children. Oh. So yeah, it's that's Fox, all right. Yeah, I mean, like, when, when Succession first started, like, almost all of the reviews were, like, it is a not thinly veiled reference to the Murdochs. Like, well, okay, here's the other thing, though, that I will <laughs> give credit to Tierney, is that they have a cruise line. No, 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 I, I agree. And so like, cruise line is very Disney. I'm not it's saying like Disney and the Murdochs. I, like, that's what I'm saying. It's not not Disney, like you said. It's just not exclusively Disney, like Tierney wants it to be, because she hates no, Disney. No, I know it's not I know it's not exclusively <laughs> Disney, but I would I'm say, just saying so, that you guys know that I have yeah, that problems is true. with right. Disney, and you guys were never like, by the way, this makes fun of Disney and Fox News, which I also have problems with. I, so, like, it's like Dizdoc? It's like Dizdoc or Murney? <laughs> I'm finished.